Oh, summertime allergies, huh? I know, it bites. Don't you hate that? Uh, Summer cold, summer allergies, yuck. Maybe you're allergic to your cat. No. No. (laughs) That can't be it. Maybe you're allergic to fiber, all that roving in your house now. Very Very funny. funny. Uh Uh-huh. I try. So, tell us what's going on. What are you knitting on? Let's get the the catch-up going. (laughs) <laughs> the ketchup. No, the mustard. Um, what am I working on? I, gosh, I have. Let's see. Wendy knits on hold socks that I'm making out of some trekking hand art, um, yarn and blue, and I'm just kind of poking along on those. You know, taking my time. No big rush. Um. What else am I doing? I've I've pretended to start another clap of tea like five times. Uh, another like trying to start it because you're having problems with it, or just because you're not oh, because I, I get distracted. And let's see what else. Oh, I swatched for another Hey Teach. Oh. Because I kept seeing all the the tweets going back and forth about Hey Teach. I'm like, okay, I really need to. To make my other one, I bought the yarn for it last October, and you know, so I need to need to get to work on that. So um, those are those are like my my three main projects. I've got those gloves that are snoozing right now because I got bored. Yeah, and um, I don't know. I just kind of went through a phase where it's like I wanted to cast on for a lot of stuff, and I didn't care if I finished anything. <laughs> I don't know if I ever get like that, but I do have a lot of stuff that like I started, and then I just like give up on it maybe or I'm bored with it and I don't really want to finish it ever you know so, I think I'm yeah. just I'm fickle because I've got I've, I've kind of rearranged my stash room a little bit and I'm like ooh I forgot I had that yarn and ooh I went to work with that and ooh I want to make something with that <laughs> yeah so I think it's more of just the you know I just I just want to be doing all sorts of things and I just don't have enough time to do everything that I want to do start I so I did find I do have starditis really bad. I did finish um the hazelnut um plain stockinette socks that I was working on finally. So um those are those are done, those are blocked, so I did get you know, cross something off my list. Yay. Got so, something finished. Well, that's good. Yeah, and you finished a big project. Yes. In just under one year I finished <laughs> my lizard rich blanket. And Yay. I did um, 28 squares. I was going to do 30. I had every intention of doing 30. And it got down to the the size thing where Jerry's like, well, if you do 30, it's not long enough. So just do, the, you know, another thing at the bottom, you know. And then he kind of wanted me to do, you know, he wanted me to do seven down and six across. And then we're getting into, like, some sort of king-size blanket, you know. Yeah. 
I said, so I made that executive decision to only do 28, and um, it's four across, seven down. Um, the original pattern calls for four across, four across and six down, and we like it because it's really long, so you can totally wrap up in it, and we've been using it like when we're sitting on the couch watching TV, we just spread it across everyone, you know, whoever's sitting there, we just kind of turn it sideways and do that. And um, I've also been putting it on our bed to, like, cover our feet at night, which I totally kick it off in the middle of the night, but whatever, you know. <laughs> Getting a lot of use, and I really, really, really love that red that you gave me from your uh, Central Park hoodie. It's the red cap. Yeah. I love the way it makes it look. Really do. Yeah, that was a great border. I like that yeah. choice. I was kind of worried that I might run out of yarn, um, and so I only ended up doing like six garter stitch ridges is what I did what I did all the way around. And I'm like, well, I have one whole ball of that left, I think. Um, so I really could have done more. And so part of me is thinking maybe I should go back and do like an I-cord border around it or like some sort of crochet border oh. with, with extra yarn. But I haven't decided yet if I should do that. The, the thought of doing that big of an I-cord border really, really makes me want to cry. <laughs> it just does. Yeah, that that would be, yeah, that would be insane. Yeah. So, I've, I've seen my share of insanity lately, too, so I, I don't recommend that. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's one of those things where I may want to do it, but I may not. Right now, the way it is, it's, like, finished and it's usable and um and I kind of want to enjoy it for a while. So and and Lucy and Barley like it. Yes, they do. They really like it, uh, especially Lucy. Like every time she's around it, she's on it, laying on it, and curling up in it, and she just thinks it's her blanket. I'm like, hey, well, of you course, because you you tried to give her mine. I know. <laughs> she's like, hey, these Lizard Bridge blankets are all mine. She's my. That's right. uh, for those of you who don't know, the very few people who might not know, Lucy is my uh, little Chihuahua. Um, she's a white, short-haired Chihuahua, and she loves the she loves wool, anything wool, but especially the Lizard Ridge blanket. She loves it, thinks that they're hers. So um, while I was gone on vacation, I knit another everlasting bag stopper. Yeah. Um, since we're doing a lace episode, it's kind of lace. It's like the most simplest, easiest, simple lace project you could ever do because it's not knit in lace weight at all. It's knit on like size 10 and a half needles. And it's, the pattern is basically knit one round and then the next round you do um, yarn over and knit two together all the way to the end. So that is like the most simplest thing ever and you can totally take it anywhere you go it's an easy knit very fast doesn't use much yarn and um i just think it's hilarious because for some reason my first one that i made on the um on ravelry the orange one you know it's right. 89 favorites 89 favorites for a bag, <laughs> like a simple little orange bag, <laughs> and like that's, that's crazy. crazy. I think it was because of all the stuff that's in it. Yeah, that's the only thing that I can think of because there's a list of stuff that's like crammed into it, and people probably read the details and they're like, "That's funny because you know that," or because I did a linen stitch handle and they want to know how to do that, you know. So right. My second bag that I did, I only did one long handle, and I think I like that better than doing two shorter handles. So, have you made this pattern yet? Have you done this? Bag? Yeah. yeah. 
Now, yeah, I made one, I don't know, sometime last year. Yeah, I mean, they're they're addictive. And so I'm actually knitting one right now while we talk um, because I have enough yarn to make another one. And I wanted to uh, put all of our library books in it so that we could um, throw them in there when we're ready to take them back and cart them back in and you know. So when there's a lull in the podcast, it's because Kate's not paying attention to me because she's knitting. Because <laughs> I'm so. knitting. It's garbage. Yeah. How can you not? How can you not pay attention? I know, but I, you know, it's like I'm trying to look at the computer and do all this stuff. I just, I, I can't knit while we're recording. I get oh, too distracted. I don't. No. Nope. It's easy, so I get distracted with other things. So. Um, what, what are you casting on for next, though? Are you, are you have another big project in mind now that uh, Lizard Ridge is done? Because it's kind of a letdown when you finally finish it. Yeah, you're like, what do I do now? Basically, I felt like I was not very rewarding myself at all because once I finished the Lizard Ridge, I was like, now I have absolutely no excuse but to knit the end paper mitts for my friend that uh, uh. <laughs> she's been waiting on since, like, Christmas time, you know, or I think it was maybe in January that she asked me to do it. I have to look at my projects and see when I started them, but um, I feel so bad, but, oh, February 28th, so almost March, you know, last day of February, almost March, and it's summertime pretty much, I mean, 80 degrees around here, um, 90 degrees some days, and I'm still knitting these things, and I don't know if it's because it's Fair Isle, and I think that's it. It's just because it's Fair Isle, and I can't pick it up and take it with me because I have to look at the chart. I have to pay attention to what I'm doing. Um, it goes really fast, but it's just not something you can watch TV with because you're constantly looking at, you know, which yarn you're grabbing for which color, and you know what I right. mean? So I feel really bad that it's not done yet, but I started working on it. I cast on for the second one, um, and then I realized that, and you have to do what's called an Italian tubular cast-on, which makes it really stretchy. Um, but it's a little difficult. It's not like picking it up and casting it on. Well, I did this Italian tubular cast-on, and you're casting on basically two at a time in the way that you do it. You're, I mean, you have a little pattern where it's like yarn over, yarn under, yarn over, uh, yarn under again sort of thing, and that's the two stitches that you cast on. Okay. And, um I didn't really explain that very well, but there's uh, details if you just Google it. Um, anyway, so I cast on, like, too, too many stitches whenever I did it the first time. And I didn't count them. I don't know why. I didn't count them until I had knit all three inches of the knit one, purl one ribbing for the whole time. Oh, no. So I was doing the, car I was doing the chart, and I did the first chart, when, you know, the first um, doing a magic loop, so the first side was perfectly fine. The second side, I got to the end of the chart, and I was like, why do I have two more stitches? What am I doing? And they weren't like the extra purl stitches that are, you're supposed to do. And um, since I had already done the other one, I couldn't just fake it, and I couldn't. I didn't want to just do like a K2 tog or something like that, you know. I, so I pulled it all out, and then I just sat there and stared at it and didn't want to start over again, and so... I, uh, oh, I can't blame you for that. That's just, oh, so I'm back I feel now. for you. Yeah, and, you know, I'm using Knit Picks palette, so it's like, you know, small it's small yarn, and, um, you know, it's a lot of work to knit three inches on size three needles, you know. So, anyway, I, uh, oh, my gosh, I'm just sitting here going, please tell me that I changed needles whenever... <laughs> 
<laughs> See, this is why you cannot knit while you're recording. <laughs> I didn't do that while I was recording, though. I was probably watching TV or something. No. no. I'm just sitting here in my brain going, I hope because you cast, you know, I was doing like yeah. the ribbing in a one size smaller needle. Right. And I hope that I changed the needle. I'm going to have to go check as soon as we're done recording because oh, I've already done two of the chart repeats and now I'm increasing for the hand and I only have like maybe 12 more in rows to go before I'm done with the top part of the hand. So, yeah. Let's, let's hope I change the needle. I don't necessarily yeah. Oh, God. Oh, we've all been there and done that though. So Yeah. So, well, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but I'm really leaning toward the featherweight cardigan um, because when we did the – we mentioned this in our last podcast, the Marshall Fiber Fair podcast. We actually right. – um, a lot of us bought some lace weight while we were there because it was a dollar <laughs> gain. And now how much Yes, and I'm laughing because of another reason with that lace weight yarn. Because it's all tangled mess and because you were winding it, weren't you? And it took you like, I don't know. How much how many cakes are there that they wound? I out? was I wasn't winding it that um Krista and Esther and um um uh, Sarah had bought some at the fiber fair and um yeah, I I don't know how many they had. Six or seven skeins. I mean, because yeah, it was a dollar a skein, and um, they, they were like, oh yeah, well if you'll bring your ball winder and swift to knit together on Thursday, you know, we'll just you know wind it all up and everything. And I'm like, that's no problem, you know, that's fine. So I brought it, and um, they were all there last week, and I think um, Sarah now bless her heart, she's and, and she's not one that. We've talked about before. This is a, a new Sarah. Um, she is visually impaired, and so she, Krista was trying to help her um, get it onto the swift, and then she was sitting there cranking, and then she was like, this is making a funny noise, you know, and it's like it was coming out. Um, it was like it was it was skeined two together. Uh-huh. So it was like it was already doubled. So uh. she had to make the cakes doubled. You know, and she's like, I don't care. And this was just one skein. And it probably took her 15 minutes to get the one skein wound up. And it ended up being like three full cakes on my, oh my you know, God. little ball winder. And the, so then she's like, I'm taking a break. And so Krista um, put one of her skeins on, and hers was just single. Hers wasn't doubled. <laughs> and so, I mean, she was just... I, that's all they got done for like the whole two hours we were in it together. That's they all they got done. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, yes. So you know, and Esther's just like, I'm gonna have to buy my own ball winder. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, this is gonna take forever, and I'm just sitting there going, I'm so glad I didn't buy any of that yarn. <laughs> um, it was such a good deal. It was hard to pass up. Well, I heard that Brienne, infamous Brienne, on our we mentioned every podcast. I heard that she was actually starting or swatching for the featherweight cardigan. Now, and it is speaking of lace episode that we're doing now. It is yeah. Don't give anything lace, away yet. Yeah, it's a lace weight cardigan. I mean, it is. It's a cardigan. Mm-hmm. It's lace weight. It's supposed to be uh, short sleeve and kind of come um, like under the bust line a little bit. You know, yep. and so 
I'm going to make one to wear over some of the summer dresses that I have. So when it's cool at night, I can kind of throw it over my over my shoulders because I have some dresses that are like, you know, they just have straps or whatever, and they're kind of... Yeah, I pulled it up. It's really cute. Um, yeah, it's really cute. They made um, it out of Malabrigo lace, which yeah. I love, but I do not want to make another Malabrigo lace cardigan. And I asked some other people, I was like, is it doubled? And they're like... Nope, it's not no. double. <laughs> no. I'm like, oh no, but it's no. not like a size six needle. Is yeah, that, I mean, it's, I guess it makes it airy and drapey that way. Yeah, I used nine on mine. Oh, you did, but see, it was doubled. So I. Assume. It was doubled. Yeah. So, but but it it is. It feels so wonderful, especially if you have the Malabrigo. Um, but. I guess you're using what you bought. That's fair. So that'll be nice, too. Yeah. So anyway, that is going to be kind of my next project. And I have a feeling that winding the yarn is going to be more of a big task than actually knitting the cardigan will be. I think you're probably right. Uh, that will so. definitely be a challenge. And well, um I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, that's okay. I was just going to say, and uh, that's pretty much it for knitting on my end, so. Yeah, that's – and what about spinning? Have you been doing any spinning? You know, I haven't done any spinning since um, our little retreat weekend, and it was really because I was full steam ahead on the Lizard Ridge and right. are on vacation, and, you know, I I pretty much finished all the seaming and the border and stuff just last week, so I'm still kind of coming out of the Lizard Ridge days. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I remember that. So, well, I have been um, still working on what I started that weekend, and and I've got like one more single I think to do, and then I'm going to try and do like a three ply on this. I think it was some fleece artist roving that I had. Um, so we'll see how that turns out. So I've been I've been distracted by um, doing work around the house and in the backyard. And yeah, filling I've in the seen, ginormous hole. Yeah, I've seen some of your uh, tweets and stuff that you guys are doing, some yard work and kind of house stuff, you know. Yeah. Not really relaxing on your weekend at all, are you? No. <laughs> and then when we, we get done with it, like like yesterday, I was we were both so tired. I'm like, okay, I really, I have, this is my free time to knit, and I just don't want to. How funny. And so, yeah. That's why I took like a four-hour nap. Oh, man, I really wanted to take a nap today because I was tired, but I couldn't get the nap scheduled in, so. Oh, well. Well, um, do you want to to fill our listeners in on on the sad news that we learned of this week? Yeah, we had a post on um, the Knit Together forum, and uh, we learned that one of our listeners, Lori Beth, um, her name was uh, Respit, I guess is how you pronounce it. Yeah, Respit. Yeah, Respit that she passed away last Thursday uh, from complications with lupus. And uh, while we had never met Lori Beth, um, we were connected to her through the podcast and through the forum. So we wanted to mention it here and let you know that there is a group on Ravelry that's called the Lori Project where knitters um, are making Afghan squares to make an Afghan uh, for her husband and her two young daughters that were left behind. I think one's only like um, one or two, two years old, old, I think. Yeah. yeah, very young. And so it's very, very sad yeah. for them to have a loss. She was um, only 33, I think, is what yeah. I read. 
very, yeah, she was young and her children were young, and it, it's just a huge blow to the, not just to the knitting community, but just to the community of friends that we have. So um, we thought it's a great opportunity for um, each of us to show the love of Christ to one of our own. So if you uh, feel led to join the group and knit a square for the Afghan project, then um, by all means, the information is out there. And um, yeah. also, her uh, her husband has started a site where you can go and, um, you know, leave a comment and, you know, kind of read a little bit more about, um, read a little bit more about Lori Best. So if you want yeah. uh, any information on that, we're going to put links in our show notes. And also you can find it on the Knit Together forum. Yeah, and it was so strange because um, a, a friend of mine who's one of my Facebook friends, but she also goes to my church and she's in choir, she had posted on her Facebook, um, you know, last week, and she was like, I can't believe my friend Lori passed away. And so then, like, the next day I saw the Ravelry post, and they were like, you know, and I was like, wait a minute. I'm like, this is too much of a coincidence, and it was the same person. So she was actually local um, to us here. So um, it's just, you know, kind of a it was kind of a small world and kind of a, a strange um, intersection of, connections through people so um anyway so that that information is there for you like kate said and um on a happier note um we want to um, announce our contest winners we had um 21 listeners who left comments on itunes and we really do appreciate the feedback and um you know we're trying to continue and work out these sound issues and everything but um we, we've used the magical random number generator, and um, the winner of the autographed Cookie A book, Sock Innovation, is da, 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 Handcrafted in Alla, which is in Alabama, so um, it looks like Handcrafted in Nala. <laughs> I know, it was like in in Nala, yeah, it's 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 Ella for Alabama. So congratulations, and um, be sure and, and email us through the website or um, PM um, me, Darth Knitter, because um, I actually have the books and I'll be mailing them out um, on Ravelry, and um, I'll get that in the mail to you um, as soon as I get the information and and actually can find a book envelope to mail it in. Yeah. So um, congratulations. And then we have the winner of the autographed Wendy Johnson book, Socks from the Toe Up, and that is Maui Girl. So, yay! Thank you again for, um, you know, all the feedback and participating in the contest, and and um, we're just really happy to be able to um, do these treats for you guys um, every so often. So, thank you! And we really do appreciate all of the comments that were left, and we knew some people had said that the sound quality was horrible and that you can tell we're on the phone. Well, it, it is true. We do record over the phone, and we have tried, oh, 10 or 15 different ways to get the recording to sound better. And um, I think we made a little bit of a – we made a little bit of a leap from our first few recordings, but we're still having trouble. We And I don't think that um, many people know how much technical difficulty we have because we spent an hour before we recorded tonight um, just trying to get it to work another way. So we're still working on it. And um, if we had better equipment, then we would have a lot better sound quality. But we're trying to do (laughs) 
With what, I know. I think I'm on like my third microphone yeah. or headset, you know, since we started. But you know, that's that's all right. We'll just we'll keep working on it and and hopefully get a better. Um, yeah, and it's really solution. sad that both of us are using the headphones that came with our BlackBerry uh, Curve, I guess, you know, to do our recording tonight. So we understand. Well, actually, I'm on a different headset now. Oh, you got a new one because I called you at home instead. Because it's on the home phone instead of the yeah um, plugged into the computer. <laughs> so, well, anyway, we're going to continue to keep working on our sound, and hopefully we can get it better. And we do appreciate that you guys continue to listen to us. And, um, and be patient. Be <laughs> with us, and uh, feel free to continue leaving comments on iTunes for us. And congratulations once again to the winners. And if you'll send the addresses to uh, Tammy through either our website or through uh, Ravelry, we'll get those sent out to you. So... Stay with us, and we will be right back. Be careful, little feet, where you go. For it's the little feet behind you that are sure to follow. It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white turn. Okay, we thought we would um, talk today about something that we haven't talked about a lot on the podcast, and we've actually had a request from um, a couple of our listeners to um, chat about lace. So um, that's what we're going to do. And and I think um, one of the things about lace is, is that it's intimidating, and you know we tend to think that it's harder than it really is. So do you, what do you think about lace, Kate? Well, I, too, think that it looks – maybe it looks harder than it is. There are plenty of patterns out there that are just as hard as they look. I'm sure of that. Um, but Or harder. Yeah, or harder. You know, like I can think of some of those patterns we've talked about before, like the dragon shawl. Yes. You know. And um, – but I think that sometimes it's like other things that um, – are debilitating when you get started, like, for instance, chart reading. It looks really complicated reading charts uh, because of all the, the symbols and um, having to know if you're going uh, how to read the chart back and forth and how you're supposed to do it. And then, um, you know, the, and then the pattern just looks complicated and the yarn's really tiny and, you know, there's a lot more stitches to make it um, turn into something that you want it to, to be. And then there's the magic of lace, which is that, you're pretty much knitting this big blob that looks like nothing, and then when you block it, it becomes something beautiful. And so I think that all of those things really make it seem harder than it really is. You know? Yeah, and you just it, it really is like one of those things, I think, where you have to, you know, trust the pattern and kind of plug through it, and, and you really have to commit, you know, to the project. Um, but, you know, we, we, we wanted to try and focus on, you know, like if, if you're a beginning lace knitter, which we probably both consider ourselves to be beginner, mm, very much maybe beginner sort of intermediate, intermediate. yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a low intermediate. Um, but, you know, so we want to focus on, on that and just really kind of being encouraging to you if um, you've thought about knitting lace and maybe been scared off by some of the patterns. And so we want to help you get over that hump. So basically, I mean, all lace is is yarn overs and a corresponding decrease. And 
sometimes it doesn't have to be a corresponding decrease because you're going to have the different shapes, right. um, whether it's circular or triangle, um, triangular or fairies or, um, you know, rectangular. That would that would be matched up, you know, where you'd have the even. But um, we just want to get you started, and we want to get ourselves started. I think I think we're both probably ready to tackle, like. A little a bit harder bigger. lace project. Yeah. Maybe. Lace. And they're so beautiful when you're making lace things, you know, um, that it, it's just, it's so beautiful. It's really worth all of the painstaking effort that you go to. So, um, anyway, to get started knitting lace, um, even before you have your pattern all picked out, there are a few things that we think that you should know or have in your little handy knitter's toolkit. And, um, to go over a couple of those things uh, before we get into the actual knitting portion of it, um, we think that you definitely need to have um, stitch markers, and you may want to have different colors of stitch markers because um, you may have a repeat inside of a larger repeat. And right. I think of that, the oblique sweater, which is a lace, all lace sweater, there are several different charts um, in several different sections. So you would want to have multiple colors to kind of keep yourself um, familiar with where you're at whenever you're knitting along. And you also want to have, um, you know, make sure you've got a notepad so you know which color um, corresponds with which repeat. <laughs> hey, that's a good idea. I'm going to put that down on my list. <laughs> um, chart keepers, pattern tamers, um, you know, the post-its. We've talked about the highlighter tape. Everything you can do to keep yourself straight on where you're at on the chart. Yes. Uh, there have been times where I rechart it on um, graph paper, and then I, like, make little tick marks off to the side to let myself know. Um, a good example is a pattern like Wisp is, um, I think, like 12, re it's 12 rows for a repeat, and you do so many before you do something different. And so before you do, like, eight garter stitch rows or something. And so right. I to keep track of um, how many garter stitch rows I was doing. And I, I am not good at counting rows when it comes to lace. Like, it's really difficult for me to see that all of those yarn overs right there are one row or are they two rows. So that's why having a chart keeper is um, definitely ideal and make sure that you're taking notes so you know maybe like a row counter or something like that. I was going to say, I think that's this is one of those cases where like the row counter that actually goes on your needle yeah. is probably, you know, better than like the little Katcha um, row counters that, mm -hmm. you know, you just keep in your bag and click, click, click. Yeah, so, or, because you know, that way it's always with it and, and you know where you're at. Yeah, that's a good idea because if you have the one you wear maybe around your neck or something, those are easy because you can kind of let go and just click, but it might get away from your project pretty easily. So maybe put a sticky note on it or make sure you keep it with your project. So, um, exactly. One thing that um, I don't know if you've put into practice yet, Tammy, but um, I've only done this a few times, and it's use a lifeline. And if you haven't heard of what a lifeline is, um, basically what you're doing is when you finished one of your rows, maybe at a, the end of the, of the row repeat or, um, I mean, of your chart repeat or maybe at a specific row, what you do is you take another piece of yarn, maybe contrasting or whatever, and you thread it through the stitches 
um, on your needle so that when you're maybe knitting six or seven rows up, you can basically rip back to that point, and it'll be just like having another needle holding those stitches in there. I'm not sure if I'm explaining that exactly correctly. Yeah, it's, 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 it's in case you make a mistake and you need to rip back and you don't want to lose all your work because especially with lace with all the yarn overs, if you're, if you're frogging back, it's going to be really easy to lose you know, where the yarn overs are. Um, one of the things that, that I've read and, and heard a lot of people use um, for their lifelines is actually dental floss. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, it so, might be fresh, too. It's, there's a lot of yardage in a little dental floss container, and you can throw it into um, your knitting bag and have it. And then um, one of the, the tips I learned at the Spring Fling um, back in April from my uh, friend, Dnitz, um, Denise, Dnitz. <laughs> um, she's she's actually the one that you kept telling me I was typing Dane Nitz name wrong on Twitter, and I was like, no, I really do. No, Dnitz. Um, she had an excellent idea, especially if you're using the Knit Picks Options needles, because you know you put the little um, the key in to tighten the needles onto the cables because they're interchangeable. If you thread the dental floss through that hole and you knit that row, it pulls it all through for you. Oh. And you don't have to go back and thread it through with a tapestry needle. Now, that's a great idea. That's How handy. awesome is that? That is handy. I think that is a stellar. I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> I really am. You should make sure to note that. That's a great yeah, idea. so I know, and I, it's like I've got like four or five things of dental floss, like in like every um, knitting bag I have, just so that they're always there. And you know, like my kids keep bringing home a tiny little thing of dental floss from their um, dentist every time they come back from the dentist or from school or whatever. They have those little, uh, their little ones, and they don't use those. They use the kind that are like a toothbrush, you know, with the little right. heads, because um, they those are easier for them to use. So. Um, that's what they use, and so they have all. We have all these stray dental floss things. So now I have something to do with them. Not that I'm knitting, you know, a vast amount of lace, but at least I'll have them. <laughs> well, you don't have to use a lifeline only for lace. You know, I mean, there's other projects if you're, you know, um, you know, like even with a clap of tea, like you have to do the the setup rows. So you could do a lifeline there, and then you're into the regular straight repeat. You know, for the for the body of it. Um, I guess um, I was thinking that I heard, um, I think Kelly Petkin from Knit Picks on one of her podcasts had said something about doing uh, something similar when she's doing uh, rounds for the sleeve and she just leaves the, leaves the um, basically she leaves it in there so she knows when she's done one sleeve how many rows she actually did before she did an increase so every time I heard that yeah I heard that on her podcast and I thought that was a great idea because especially when we're changing the patterns like I know you and I both changed the Central Park City sleeves on the increases and did them like every six rows instead of every eight rows like the pattern said mm-hmm. so you know if if you don't have good notes and you come back to it and you look at the pattern and then you you know, do it eight instead of six, and it's kind of wonky. Um, and it may be a good way to help you learn how to count your rows, because I know sometimes it's hard to count how many rows you've actually knit. And if you're not, if you're a new knitter, or you're maybe just not familiar with like how to read your knitting, that might be a good way to do it too, because you can just put it in, knit five rows, put another one in, knit another five rows, and then kind of go back and look, and you can count the rows and see, you know, how yeah. far. Yeah. No. Very good. 
on. So anyway, back to lace knitting. <laughs> back to lace knitting. Well, I think one of the things that you really need with lace that, you know, we always say that knitters are impatient people and knitting gives us patience, but I think you actually have to start with some patience for yeah. knitting lace. I think you're right. Because yeah. you're going to have to rip it out. And you're going to have to start over a couple of times, and you're going to make mistakes, and you're going to have to tink back and fix something, you know. So, um, you know, it's it's probably a good idea to start with a smaller project. Yeah, until you get used to it, you know. And Lots of lace socks out there. Yeah, lace socks, things like that. Um, yeah. Absolutely, positively, do not, under any circumstances, start <laughs> knitting with mohair on your lace project. For the very first time, because we love we love Rowan Kids Okay's, but do not uh, use it. But yeah, but you can't. Um, it sticks to itself, and it is so hard to frog or tink or anything with it. And if you don't have patience, or you had a little patience when you started, and you start knitting with no mohair, you will have no patience. Yeah. When you're done, um, definitely save that for the advanced um, yeah. knitting because. Oh. It, it's a challenge. It very much is. There were times when um, I knit one, I knit a wisp in mohair, and I just threw away a whole thing of it because I was had messed up on a simple little thing, and I couldn't couldn't tear it back, and um, I couldn't I couldn't tear it back, and I didn't know how to cut it, and you know it was just this massively horrible, painful thing. Well, and I, you remember what I I tried to use the it was Rowan tapestry, which was just as bad. I mean, it was, it was just a heavier, it wasn't the kid silk haze, right. but it was the heavier mohair. Um, I did that stupid short row hat. Oh, yeah, right. And you couldn't and, it throw it away, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. I just, you know, I had like, I don't know, this like big triangular section, and, and it was just like, I'm hosed. And it's like, I threw it away and bought new yarn. And people have said that you can put your mohair project in the freezer, and that helps because um, it makes the fiber a little less sticky, you know, doesn't stick to itself. But um, I've heard that even that doesn't really work all the time, but it is a thought. So if you do start with mohair, you have a project, um, that's always an option. Just throw it in the freezer for a day or so, and um, maybe that will give you a, give it a timeout <laughs> and see if that helps. So Just make sure you don't forget it, and then, like, you know, six months later you're looking for the chicken and <laughs> – like, hey, there's, there's like, oh, my goodness, something died in here. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, what will happen is your husband will be Where's like, Where's the cat? Yeah, exactly. Your husband will be like, honey, I think you're losing your mind again. First you left the keys in the freezer, and now you've left your knitting in the freezer. <laughs> so, oh, I've my word. I've done that. So. I've done the keys in the freezer once. So. Um. <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, you mentioned um, – Earlier that when when you knit lace, um, you you really are you're, you're knitting like this big mush, and you just you can kind of pull it off, part you know stretch it out on your needles and see the pattern, but that's not enough. So right. you you really have to power through and be done, and then you have to block the snot out of it. Yes. And yeah. our listener um, Tabitha, who we've mentioned before. Um, she did an excellent um, demonstration on her blog of, of blocking. I mean, it was the step-by-step and great pictures of here's yeah. what it looked like along the way. Yeah. And um, 
So I will we'll definitely put the link to to that out there so you can see um, that. And then also I think it was on Anne Hansen's blog today even um, that she was talking about block, helping some friends block some stuff and have had a few details out there. And you can either use um, you know like the blocking boards. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's like those interlocking boards. They're like for kids. Um, playground stuff that you can use. Um, there, you can just use your your bed, but you want to make sure you get all the pins out of it. There's lace blocking <laughs> wires. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, there's 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 all sorts of things that you know we've talked about. You know, some of the blocking tools before, uh, but I think that like the lace blocking wires are really good because you don't have to necessarily like pin out. Um, you can get the basic shape through the wires and then just go through and pin the points if there's, you know, like the little scallopy. And if you have points. that, you can also potentially do it on like your carpet or something like that, you know, with a towel over your carpet and it still works if you don't have any blocking boards. Um, one thing that I used that you turned me on to, Tammy, was one of those um, really large fold-up cardboard. Um, the sewing stuff. boards. Yeah, sewing board where you use it normally to mm-hmm. measure your fabric. And I, I use that for my big projects because I can put it on, um, I can put it right under a ceiling fan, and I pin it into my carpet through the board, like through the, um, through the cardboard. So okay, you know, and it dries out pretty easy, and it's I've used it for a while now. And yeah, the only thing, the only thing with those that you have to, you basically because they're like what seven bucks a piece, yeah, something like that. You have to think it's pretty much a disposable item because. After, you know, it takes a beating and you've, like, put wet yarn on it and damp yarn, it's eventually going to, like, um, warp. And, it's you know, it's going to lose its shape and and get to where it's kind of crooked and hard to yeah. lay flat. Yeah, or, like, mine everything. has a thousand little holes in it right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> you every which way, so, yeah, you definitely will have to. I used, like, a 40% off Hobby Lobby coupon and bought mine, you know, for like yep. what, six, five or six bucks at the most was the most after taxes, so it's definitely a disposable uh, item for you. So, yeah. Um, and I did see for those of us who are shopping um, with coupons and stuff at those craft stores that Michaels has those um, interlocking uh, child play mats, like the ABC ones that we've seen. Um, oh yeah. For twenty uh, twenty dollars, I think for a stack. Of, I don't know how many is in it really, but I saw it like over in the kids section, like where their kids' crafts are, and um, it looks like a puzzle. It's like a foam puzzle, and you can basically put, build the puzzle out to your size, and then you can block on it, and it's foam, so it really helps um, hold the moisture. Very cool. So, anyway, so definitely uh, you'll want to do want to know a little bit about blocking, but of course you can always wait until the end. But you do need to know that your uh, what you're knitting might not look like anything while you're knitting it. <laughs> <laughs> which which is always, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of our concern, isn't it? Even like with sweaters or socks, we're like, is this really going to turn out? Is it going to fit? Is it going to be what I want it to be? <laughs> and with lace, you, it's, it's like, you know, even more so because you're like, this doesn't look anything at all like, you know, what I think. But I think blocking um, covers a multitude of sins. <laughs> Yeah. So, and let's talk a little bit about our favorite lace yarn before we talk about our favorite patterns because you may want to have enough options when you're looking at your um, 
your lace project that you're going to do to see what kind yeah. of are available. And as you mentioned, your favorite is? <laughs> oh, I love Dream in Color, and I haven't used the baby um, yet, but I mean, I just, I love Dream in Color. <laughs> Dream in Color. Dream in Color is good. What's it called? Um, yeah, Malabrigo Lace. Definitely. Um, um, Volmisa has a lace, but not like I've ever gotten my hands on it. So you I was know. wondering if it goes as fast as a sock yarn does. Yeah, I, I mean it does. It's like I seriously think the the craze has, has gotten you know. Sorry for the little like thread jack here on the podcast. The Volmisa craze has just gotten insane, and I mean seriously, like the stalkers who are out there are. They're basically buying everything that they can get, regardless of whether it's the color they want or whatever. And then they have it, and then they're going out in the ISO um, threads or the D-stash threads, and they're looking to trade. I see. So it's like, you know, if if you're not willing to stay up all night, which I'm not, you know, um, you're you're just not going to get it. Um, unless, of course, you're planning a trip to Germany. And um, hey, if we have any listeners in Germany, um, I know we have that we have that one lady that made that those beautiful socks that were on our favorites episode, um, the Gewitter Himmels or whatever. I kind of kind of remember those. Um, the, remember those big long white socks, those cable oh, socks. I'm trying to remember. I don't know if you know I'm talking about. I can totally see them. Anyway, um, Claudia, the Volmiza, is opening a brick-and-mortar store. Really? Yeah. So I think she's going to have, like, some completely different stuff than what's online. And so I don't know if she's, like, got some other type of manufacturing, you know, going on to, like, do some mass dyeing and stuff. But, um, yeah, it's it's in, I don't know. My German's horrible. Like Pfeffer, Pfeffer, no good or something. It's like a half an hour outside of Munich is is where I understand it. So um, anyway, if any, if anyone's going to Germany, um, take some pictures for us, you know, um, or tell us you're going, and we'll like send you money, and you can you know buy us stuff and send it to us. Um, yeah, because we will totally do that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like whatever. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's that's still. Um, I, I, I'd love to try. I saw some, there were like two or three people at the spring fling that had knit shawls in the Volmiza lace, and it was just like, okay, you know, I'm really trying to not be part of the craze because there's so many other yarns out there, but they were so gorgeous. I mean, uh, just just stunning. Cool. Well, uh, um, some of my favorite lace weights are um, Shimmer from Knit Picks because they yes. have, um, you get a lot for your money, and it is um, baby alpaca and silk blend, mm-hmm. which makes it really nice and soft, and they have some really pretty colors. I don't think it necessarily shimmers. You know, it's not like a shimmery yarn. It's just uh, nice uh, variegated colors, so I really like that. And I also like the alpaca cloud. Again, um, that's 100% um baby alpaca though so yeah it's very soft very very warm even though it's all holy and stuff you know (laughs) and then they have their shadow and their uh gloss yarn too so those are good economical um lace weight yarns if you're trying a new project and you know just want to get started 
And then some of my favorite lace weight yarns are not lace weight yarns at all. They're sock yarns. <laughs> that's a, yeah. It doesn't have to be a lace weight to knit a lace project. That's a, that's a good point. Yeah, I find it easier to, and maybe easier for a beginner to work with a sock yarn because, um, well, it may not, it may have a little more stretch to it because it's you know meant to be a little more springy, but it's bigger. You get about the same yardage, um, maybe, you know, obviously a little less in some cases, but if you have, like, a Volmiza sock yarn and you don't know what to do with it and it's just too beautiful to wear on your feet, you can knit a scarf, a lace scarf or a lace shawl out of it because you have, you know, close to 500 yards of it. And yeah. it makes a really nice, really big um, shawl for you. So, and my favorite sock yarn to use is the Tempted, <laughs> Tempted Sock Yarn. I love Tempted. And I love her uh, Glam Girl because it has the real flecks of silver in it. And so you get not only the bright and vibrant colors, but you also get her, you also get the flecks of silver. And so a lot of people notice the shawl that I made out of my Tempted um, Glam Girl and and they are like, wow, that's really interesting. And then they're like, I tell them I made it, and then they're like even more impressed by it. But they love the the sparkle in it, so you might. Yeah, and out. another um, um, yarn that has the silver flecks in it, um, which of course I'm drawn to as well, is Dream and Color Starry, oh, yeah. which is basically it's smushy with the silver in it. So I remember, and, and this is a good segue into our favorite patterns. I remember when um, whatever issue of Nitty came out and you pointed out the Juno shawl to me. Yes. And you were like, look, it's made out of smushy and it's in this fabulous and everything. And I was like, yeah, it's beautiful. I love this pattern. I'm like, but I just, I don't know what yarn I would use, you know, what colors. And then when Dream and Color came out with Starry, that was the first thing I thought of was like Juno. Yes. That would be very, very pretty so, in that. I actually, I I have some Starry that I bought, and it's put back for Gino, so I need to start that at some point, too. See, I have Starditis. Yeah, but, you know, I don't know. The Juno, um, the shawl is actually called Juno Regina Stolen Wrap. They renamed it, and... Um, they did? Yeah. I didn't know that. Actually, okay. Um, they have two versions now, and one of them is the pay version, and the other one is the original version on Nitty, and... Um, they have the stole version, and then they have the wrap version. And so one of them is obviously a lot bigger than the other one. And um, it is it looks like it would be a really nice lace project because you would have quite a bit of the initial setup, and then it seems like it would probably um, be pretty much like a drop stitch pattern, you know, for yeah. the length of it, and then you would do the other end. So that might be something, you know, minimal lace section, I guess. Yeah, I think I need to do that. That's a good segue into the, uh, I know I just started looking at the patterns, and I was like, wow, <laughs> they look so beautiful. <laughs> All the various yarns and the colors and the, <laughs> you know, so many people. I think I need to make one of those, too, so many people wearing them. <laughs> uh, and that yarn sounds great. Hmm. Crazy. But anyway, so that does give us a nice segue into what um, some of our favorite patterns, lace patterns are. And maybe we can kind of start with some of the ones that we think are the easiest before we go off daydreaming about other ones. What do you think? Well, I, by far, I mean, I think one of the easiest lace patterns is the Feather and Fan. Yeah. And you I've know, never it's, done Feather and Fan. 
it it makes a fun little scarf. It's very nice. Um, it's, it's it does like a little curvy thing on both ends because it it the way it draws it in and um, it's just it's just it's just a nice easy. It's like a four row repeat and three of the rows are either knit or um, it may be a stockinette. But um, depending on on which pattern you're looking at, but um, there's several feather and fan scarves out there. Um, yeah, there are a lot of patterns, free patterns too. To get yeah, it's it's one that of was the like basic thing you ever made, right? Yeah, yeah. That was so my first project was a feather and fan scarf. That's awesome. That's gonna be a pretty good starter project mm-hmm. then. I think everybody should try that. I still yeah. declare that the everlasting bag stopper is officially late <laughs> <laughs> because nothing but uh, the decreasing increase row. Yeah. And all uh, right, we'll we'll let that count then. It's super easy. I think that uh, because it's knit on like uh, worsted weight yarn too, that really adds a whole other dimension to the ease of it, you know. But it really is because it's a row of. Um, Yarn over, knit two together, yarn over, knit two together. And by the time you're done with the bag, you'll be like, yarn overs are nothing. Knit two together, yarn over, I can do that with my eyes closed. And you won't, and then you won't have to cry until you get to like the slip three and knit into the back loop of them or whatever, <laughs> you know, slip six of them at a time and knit them all together. So, um, what are some other easy ones do you think that are easy lace patterns? Well, I think, I mean, there are a lot of um, lace sock patterns out there. Um, Monkeys, which um, that's Cookie A's, of course. And then um, in Wendy's new book, there's there's like an easy lacy rib, I can't remember, lacy rib socks, um, which is supposed to be a really, really easy pattern to do. And um, what else? The Lace Ribbon Scarf by Veronique Avery, which is a free knitty pattern, um, has 3,500 projects, <laughs> so it's got to be Holy easy. cow. Yeah, it is not that hard. Um, it's not that hard. It seems daunting, and I think I remember it hurting my hands a little bit because of the um, – it's basically like a uh, an increase um, – I can't remember. It's, like, it's basically like a decrease and then two yarn overs and another decrease right after that. And and that's the pattern, you know, there's various types of decreases and increases to kind of get you back to that point. But, um, well, not increases, it's yarn overs. But um, that's the thing with lace we should mention too, is that a lot of times it is just a, um, it's a decrease and an increase. We mentioned that earlier, but, that's the way you get the shape in whatever you're doing. So, but it, yeah. looks, it looks kind of drop stitchy, you know. It looks like the. Um, would you consider the clapotis to be lace at all, or is it not just because it's got the drop stitch? I don't. I don't really think of the clapotis as being a lace pattern. My only thing with that is that it's. Um, it does have like the increase and decreases, right? That yeah, but that's just shaping. Yeah, I don't think that's really makes it lace. Okay, I was just kind of in my mind. Yeah, but this one is uh, a pretty easy basic um, lace project, and it's a scarf, and so you can make it as wide or as narrow as you want it to be. So you can, or as long or short as you want it to be. So 
And you're not limited to scarves, shawls, socks. Um, There's lacy sweaters like the Hey Teach, which I'm making another one of, um, which is a really fun um, pattern. I mean, it's a fun sweater pattern, but it's also the fun, you know, lace on on the top part, which was really cool. Is it a... um is it a specific lace pattern? I mean, is it like the feather and fan lace, or is it a different type of lace? Does it have like a specific uh, lace pattern? Do you know what I'm talking about? You would ask me that, and, and okay. it does, and I don't remember what it's called. I'm trying to look it up really quick. Well, while you do that, I'll mention one that I thought was, uh, it was kind of an intermediate, you know, like an intro to lace for me, kind of got me over my lace hump, was the woodland shawl. Um, mm-hmm. Two is a free pattern, and um, you can make it a shawl or a scarf or a wrap. It makes it the pattern makes it very easy for that. And um, I really, 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 really loved making it. It was a fun pattern. Really enjoyed it, and I loved watching it come out. And it's really, really pretty. I think that everyone should make one of those. I really liked it too. I'm not seeing that it says anything on here, so it may have been in a one of the threads somewhere that yeah, mentions. Yeah, I kind of had remembered somebody talking about that, and so yeah. So. And then um, you mentioned the wisp, and um, I still want to make the swallowtail shawl. I think that's a very pretty um, triangular shawl um, version. And then there's a circular shawl um, called the girasole. And uh, it's a Jared Flood pattern, and there's actually a Loopy U um, knit-along that is going to start. Um, actually, it's already kind of started, but, um, and I, th- you know, I was really tempted. I, I, and it's like I haven't ruled it out yet, but I think I'm about to decide not to do it. But if you decide to join um, the Loopy U knit-along for the Girasole, um you can make either a worsted weight blanket version or you can do like a shawl version if you choose and if you buy the yarn from the loopy you she's giving you a 20 percent off discount you just have to put the note in on your order that you're joining the knit along and that's through june 15th so um i just want to mention that because you seldom get you know discounts um yeah that's that's a great idea because you can go out and buy some of the sock yarns too that we had just mentioned you don't have to buy the lace weight you can start out with something like Dreaming Color. Uh, yeah, and it's not for your whole order. It's just like what you're going yeah. to make the Girasole out of. Um, and it's, I mean, it's really pretty. I just don't know that I would, it's it's the fact that it's circular that's bugging me, I think, and I'm thinking it's not really practical. Mm-hmm. Um, but she says it's a, like a very easy, like for a first-time lace knitter pattern. And, and she know, just made the blanket version and is now going to make a shawl version like immediately afterwards. What was the other pattern that looks kind of like that with the flower that he that went everybody went nuts over? Um was that like the the circle pie? Not the pie shawl, that's like the easy one, but the other Jared's blood one. Yeah, but I thought he did a version off of that. No, his was different. It was the um let me click on his patterns and see because it's um the hemlock ring blanket. That's the one. Oh, yeah. Okay. The lace pattern. It was made out of um, like one skein of the eco wool, and yeah, uh, yeah. Everybody went crazy over that one. It has almost oh, it has twenty 
little over 2,600 projects. So another one of those fun, interesting um, patterns to go with. He said that he got that from like a doily pattern or something, you know? Yeah. So I'm anyway. I'm that in so we'll remember to put the link on our show, show notes. So, um, well, other resources that um, obviously we've we've been going back and forth to Ravelry um, quite a bit, and um, there's a lot of lace groups out on Ravelry, and then there's several books that um, are probably must-haves if if you're going to be a lace knitter. Um, a Gathering of Lace by Meg Swanson comes to mind. Mm-hmm. And we talked about lace style earlier today when you had mentioned that to me. I was like, oh, yeah, lace style. That's the one that I got, the book that I got um, with all the lace patterns in it when I thought. And that's Ann Budd and, and um, I forget who the co-author is. We'll look that up and get that on there. Um, and then one of the the books I just ordered um, because – one of my spring fling friends, um, she knits a lot of shawls, and it's Stallman's shawls and and scarves, and um, by Myrna Stallman, and they're the Faroese um, style, so they're not really, they're they're more like wing shaped rather than triangle triangular, so that there's actually like where it would go around your neck and then hang over the front, where it stays instead of sliding off your shoulders. Looks like a kimono, a kimono, in a way. Yeah, maybe kind of. I'm a looking at bit. the picture on the front of the book, and it looks like she's wearing a kimono, like the way that it's over wrapping, lasting. Yeah. Very so, nice. And then, um, of course, again at the, at the spring fling, I signed up to take Anne Hansen's class. Um, cause she has a lot of fabulous lace patterns, and then um, I ended up missing it because I got caught up in spinning stuff. But I, I did sit and talk with her quite a bit um, that night, you know, for probably 20, 30 minutes uh, about some stuff. So um, very nice lady and and some lovely, lovely patterns. Yeah, and um, Nancy Bush has a book called Knitted Lace of Estonia, Techniques, Patterns, and Traditions, and some of the things that are in there are just, like, absolutely gorgeous, beautiful. I think that would be one that would scare me, yeah, but but I would like to, you know, have it just to look at. It is very, yeah, it is very beautiful. It's kind of like um, if I was going to make a wedding shawl for someone or something like that, that maybe it would be because it's very intimidating. <laughs> I was looking through the books of it and stuff, and, yeah got several patterns but it includes techniques and things so it might be one you want to put on your shelf who knows very very cool um all right well um i think we've kind of covered a lot of the weight late uh i can't talk (laughs) (laughs) topics that we had kind of uh set out to talk about and um and Kate was worried that we didn't know enough to talk about it for very much. So <laughs> oh, I was kind of going, how are we going to do a lace episode? We don't even know very much about lace. But once Tammy started kind of breaking it down for me, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, lace socks and, um, you know, especially some of the cookie stuff. Uh, she uses a lot of lace or cables and things like that that you can – that um, I've heard her talk about that started as a sock and you can transfer it to a shawl or sweater or something like that. You know, just depends. So there are lots of lace socks, lots of um, charts and patterns that you can try out, and lots of free lace projects. So, absolutely. 
So anyway, um, yeah, stay with us, and we will be right back with uh, Knitting from the Word. I still have work to do. Now I'm working nine to five like I can earn my own salvation, but there is no full of contradictions, doesn't it? It's usually lightweight, yet with the right yarn, it can provide a lot of warmth to your bare shoulders. It seems fragile, but try unraveling that Rowan Kidsil case scarf and see how far you get. It's full of holes, but it's often the absence of a stitch that shows off the beauty of the pattern. Many people think that there are several contradictions in the Bible, and on its face, we might agree with that or at least not feel comfortable disputing that premise um, to them. For example, I find it interesting that scientists make a big deal about there being two different accounts of creation in Genesis, but they don't even consider the possibility that the two accounts are there to provide us with more information and a different perspective, and they just immediately jump to the conclusion that it's fiction because they appear to contradict each other. However, we often hear about an archaeological find that scientists have dated to be 50 million years old, and we're just supposed to accept their findings on faith, even though carbon dating has been explained to be completely inaccurate. Um, as Christians, we believe that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God, and in fact, the Bible assures us of that truth in 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17, which says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those for, from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is God-breathed. There's, there's no, even if we don't understand it, there's no contradiction in the Bible that makes it not true. Scientists and non-believers will always find a way to argue that there are these contradictions in the Bible, but we can be assured that God's truth will be revealed to everyone in the fullness of time, and we just need to make sure that we are continuing to place our faith in God and in God alone. And um, I just wanted to mention a couple of, of references. Um, if, if you haven't um, seen it, the movie Expelled, No Intelligence Allowed. Um, both Kate and I highly recommend that. Um, and then also if you're near Cincinnati, Ohio, there's the Creation Museum that teaches creation um, from the biblical perspective. So um, Field trip. Field trip. <laughs> there's a lot of good extra information out there. Yes, definitely. And uh, one of my favorites that we like um, is... There's a, an author called Ian Taylor who does creation moments, and um, that was one thing with the kids every day after school. It came on, like, at 3.30, and um, he would do, like, a brief, um, you know, just a really brief thing, I guess, about how creation, mm -hmm. about creation. I, re I remember those. So, um, and, and also Ken Hom, which it's spelled like ham, but it's pronounced Hom, um, has a lot of books um, 
out there on on the biblical um, account of creation. Another one that's called like uh, the Timekeeper or something like that, and it's a a website. Um, like I can't remember if it's the Timekeeper or the Clockwork or some something like that. We'll have to look it up and see if I can remember it to put a link out yeah, there. I don't know that one. It's really interesting because it um, talks a lot about um, the biblical timekeeping and um, you know creationism based on that. So very mm-hmm. interesting. Cool. So anyway, um, as always, we would love to talk to you about anything that we said here. We'd love to have um, comments and questions and praise reports. And, of course, if you have any prayer requests, we get those often, and we do love to pray for you. We're always praying for you guys, even if it's not just on the podcast. We do say a prayer for you. So feel free to give this to us. So, yes, thanks again for listening. And um, don't forget to join us um, on Thursday nights for Knit Together in Springfield. Yep, and um, now is a good time maybe to mention that um, the Carthage Knit Together that meets at the public library is actually taking a summertime break. And uh, for the summertime, we're actually going to meet at the Joplin Library. They have a chat and craft uh, night, and I'm putting more information out on the Knit Together forum. So I'll update the site as well. You might check that out and see Great. when they're going to do that. So, And I'll go ahead and take this time to closes in prayer. Father God, we come to you today with an open heart and uh, we're willing to hear your word. Father, we ask that you will um, hear us as we as we reach out for peace and comfort for fam- uh, Lori's family in this time of loss. We know that it's uh, not going to be easy in the years to come for our children and her husband as he continues to raise the children. So Father, we just ask that you would be with her and open the hearts of those around her and those who know her so that they may help to extend their um, your grace to the children and to uh, Lori Best Husband. So, Father, we also like to pray for our friend Linda who's having some uh, medical issues right now and we just ask right now that you will lay your healing hands on her body, um, give wisdom and strength to uh, the doctors who are diagnosing her and just help her to uh, get better and ease her pain and suffering right now, Father. Um, we also would like to pray for our dear friend Dana as she continues to go to her chemotherapy treatment. And we just ask, Father, right now that you would um, release the pain in her shoulder and her hands and prevent her from knitting the one thing that she just loves to do and and uh, give her hands the, the ability to play music again on her heart, Father. We know how important those things are to her. And we just ask right now that you would give those to her, just to allow her some comfort and um, that she can go ahead and, and be pain-free and go through her chemotherapy as easily as possible, with little suffering. Um, again, we thank you for this podcast and its ongoing um, ministry to others. Father, we, um, we just thank you right now for the missionaries who listen to us and those who um, are in other countries who may not have the opportunity to listen to us because of their views on Christianity. We just ask, Father, that the people that hear our podcast will also um, reach out and minister to others so that we can take your word to all nations. God, we give everything to you. We give all the glory to you, the the praise and the honor for this podcast and everything that it has become. Father, we just um, do all of it in your name to glorify you. We ask that you will um, hear our prayers and provide these this peace and comfort to those that we've asked for in Jesus name. Amen.
Amen. Stuck